Hakeem Williams may be going to Pitt. Kenny Minshew being offered by Notre Dame. Could Pitt be getting another commit? Who was the secret commit? We're going to talk all about this stuff today on this episode of Locked On Pitt. Our Locked On Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pit. Nick Fairbaugh here, and of course, John Garcia Jr. here. We always have him on when talking about pit football recruiting. Folks, as always, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. John? Welcome to the show, man. It's been a minute, but I we have a lot to talk about because uh, a lot's happened in in the realm of pit football recruiting since the last time I had you on, man. Yeah, always good to catch up uh, and, and good timing, right? The season about to begin not only for Pitt, but all these high school players as well. So it seems like kids want to make decisions and lock that in before they fully commit to their high school teammates. So, yeah, it's a great time of year to talk ball at every level. It, it certainly is at that end for Pitt. It's a lot of commitments are coming around the corner. Commitment dates: Desmond Mayazulu, uh, Jalen Thompson, just a few of the names that have set their commitment dates that are high-level pit targets. But then out of nowhere, about the weekend, it was we heard Hakeem Williams was going to set his official commitment date in September 23rd. Uh, so we're still a month away, uh, more than a month away from that commitment date. But he has a final six there. We know Pitt is part of that final six, along with Florida State, Miami, Texas A&M, Alabama, and Georgia. This, however, I mean, we, we've talked about Pitt's place in this commitment throughout. Let, let, let me give get your kind of take on it right now. Where's Pitt stand in this Hakeem Williams thing? Yeah, Nick, I was surprised there were six finalists. I thought that was a high number. I expected – two, three, maybe four finalists for Williams when all was said and done. I expected Pitt to be in that part of the conversation, regardless of how limited the number of schools uh, he was going to present as hats on the table. But I was surprised to see Alabama and Georgia in there uh, just as much as anyone else. You certainly never count out those programs. They're the last two national champions. We know about all the accolades that they've accumulated on the field and in recruiting. But really, Williams' recruitment has felt more narrow than six. I think Texas A&M, Pitt, Miami have kind of been the three schools that have shared the buzz at different points during his recruitment. Uh, Florida State has been in it as long as anybody, but a little bit more ebb and flow from the buzz standpoint. Uh, and then obviously, you know, much more so uh, withstanding than Alabama and Georgia. So those are the six you could start to build a case somewhat for all six of them. But again, I feel like it's more of a three to four team race, uh, excluding those nas- those last two national champions, ironically enough, in recruiting, uh, especially when you talk about the visits, you talk about the priority, the need at, at some of these programs, all that stuff uh, really uh, presents a little bit more one to one at some of those uh, additional programs. So it's quite the race. Um, I don't know if Akeem knows right now 
where he wants to go, which is very typical of a kid setting a commitment date over a month in advance. Sometimes it's it's about creating a deadline. Uh, everybody's wired a little bit differently, but I know for me, if if I tell my editors, hey, this story's coming Thursday, even if I'm not quite there yet, I'm going to get on it, right? I'm going to speed that process up and put a little bit more intensity into that situation. So perhaps that could be part of this as well for Williams trying to get this thing done because it's been a heck of a recruitment for him. A lot of visits, a lot of pitches, a lot of changes on some of these coaching staffs, uh, particularly offensively, whether it's offensive coordinators, position coaches, et cetera. Uh, so you could really, again, start to build the case for and, and maybe easier to build it against a lot of these other programs in the mix. So it'll be uh, quite the story when it does come out. Yeah, I remember the last time we talked about Hakeem Williams, just after he had visited Pitt, and we, we were talking more about Georgia uh, in that conversation. Seems like they faded a little bit. Um, Florida State's probably been the one team that the, the surge has been with uh, recently, but it's interesting. He's coming back to Pitt again for a third time. So he's already been in Pitt uh, in the spring, an official visit in the summer. He will be back on campus uh, for the Tennessee game, an SEC opponent in Pittsburgh. That's going to be a probably a ranked matchup, uh, depending on what happens week one, of course, as long as Pitt and Tennessee both take care of business. How big is that for Pitt? Now that they're going to get a third visit from Hakeem Williams and a game day visit at that. Well, it certainly, again, it reaffirms what we thought about Pitt staying in this race till the end. I think it confirms that Pitt's hat will stay on the table, even if he wants to narrow from here. Uh, even if it's not Pitt, of course, obviously, if he's thinking he's committing to Pitt, of course, he's going to take that visit and keep them in consideration. But even if he's not picking Pitt, it's clear that the Panthers have piqued his interest on the field in recruiting, and he wants to see that on-field product uh, in 2022. And I think that's true for a lot of the programs on his list. Florida State has a lot of question marks. Miami has a new coaching staff. Georgia has a revamped wide receiver core. Uh, Texas A&M needs that position to turn the corner to kind of catch up to some of the other positions that they've recruited so very well. So I think there's a lot still to be determined potentially on the field for all the schools involved, including the Pitt Panthers, obviously, with revamped personnel and then revamped coaches at the receiver position under Tyquan Underwood. Yeah, it seems like that that when he's been talking about why he said it, it does seem like there's a little bit of intent there to see kind of how the year starts for some of these schools, right? Um, especially for Pitt. I mean, because I know that I've talked about the recruiting bump with Pitt all year and and what we could have seen from them. Um, but there's also the case that this has to be a multi-year thing for Pitt, right? To build something to land the high Keen Williamses of the world. It's got to be more than just a, a one-year ACC championship run. So, I mean, you got to think Pitt has three games before then. They're at home for the backyard brawl against West Virginia at home for Tennessee, on the road at Western Michigan. At 3-0 and at that case would probably put Pitt in a better spot, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so because obviously uh, a rivalry game is always big, right? Emotional, contested. You never expect it to be uh, a, a blowout, right? You always expect that to be somewhat competitive. Tennessee comes in with a legitimate high-ceiling offensive expectation. So if you're going to win that game again, you're going to have to score points. So I think the, the undefeated start is one thing, but what it would have to come with would be another thing relative to recruiting Hakeem Williams. You'd have to show some of, of the modern uh, re recruiting, uh, or excuse me, modern receiver samples that we got to see throughout last year with different personnel and a different positional coach, which is 
easier said than done. A uh, different quarterback thrown in on top of all that as well. So I do think that there's a lot of you know, let's let's see how they look kind of feel throughout his his list. The only the only two teams you're not worried about are, are the two that that just won uh, the last two two titles. You know, they've they don't have great receiver production relative to, you know, Ohio State, Pitt, some of these other schools. Um, but but they've recruited at an elite level anyway at that position. So I do think uh, there's a lot more question marks for all the other teams in that conversation. Fascinating recruitment here with Hakeem Williams. I want to keep it on that subject. The first Going to let you guys know about Built Bar, because if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Yes, it's indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. They have made cookie dough now. I know that everyone loves that as a flavor. It's cookie dough chunk pumps, and they have a light and chewy texture with real cookie dough chunks. And, of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them, so you get the deliciousness of whatever you want while having the health benefits of a protein bar. You're going to love the cookie dough chuck puff, whether you need it for a workout, a late night treat, or you just want it for a quick bite. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. Promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 50% off your order at built.com. Back here on the Locked On Pit Podcast, Nick Farabaugh, John Garcia Jr. here. We're talking Hakeem Williams. I know Pitt fans want to hear uh, about this recruitment, and, and John giving us great stuff as always. But, John, I, we hear this all the time uh, about relationships mattering and recruitment. That's whatever sport you're in. Uh, and we've heard the one consistent drumbeat of a, a relationship when it comes to high Williams, is that relationship with Tyquan Underwood? Um, how big of a factor do you think that is going to be, first of all, in the high Williams sweepstakes here? And how likely is that to maybe sway high to come up north to Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think that's uh, it really can't be understated, Nick. Uh, a relationship that has been solidified and, and updated as much as that one has. Uh, could really be the deciding factor. Uh, it, it could be that simple or that complicated, depending on how you look at it. Uh, I, I do think the timing of Underwood's hire and kind of the rise of Ikeem Williams was was about the same. It was about at that same time at the end of last year into this year where both uh, ha- had a lot of of different vibes around each party. So I do think that part of it could sync up pretty well. Of course, Pitt was already recruiting Williams at that point. So you're, you're, you're assimilating towards a new coach, but it's not a first impression altogether. And obviously since that point, as you mentioned, multiple visits, uh, a third one on the way. So this one won't be as much about those relationships to me because it's a game day. There's just not as much time for recruits and coaches to spend time together, but that's why you take the summer official visit. That's why you visit for the spring when it's uh, a lot less intense uh, around the football facility. But in terms of what Underwood, brings as a young coach with playing experience and now recruiting experience at multiple stops, it just creates a different level of resignation with these players. You know, there's, there's something that they can YouTube about Taekwondo Underwood, you know, something that is easily accessible relative to, Hey, I've been through what you're going through. And maybe Underwood wasn't, you know, the the high level SI 99 recruit that Williams is. uh, But obviously you still have to go through that decision making process and any nuggets 
uh, data points you can get towards that decision is, is really key. So a younger coach that has been there and done that is going to have a bit of an advantage in that regard. Um, and then you look at some of the other uh, receiver coaches that are, are courting him and there's been turnover at, at some other schools as well with a little bit less uh, pedigree, a little bit less of, okay, we know what this guy can do on the trail at that position. Uh, and some of these schools already have multiple receivers committed. How does that factor in to the recruiting pitches that Williams is hearing? You know, maybe he's, you know, I know he's an alpha. I know he wants to be the guy. So how much of that is coming up in, in, in these conversations? You know, I'm curious about that as well, because we, we talk about, you know, energy and he's a player's coach and all this fun stuff when we talk about these young recruiters, but we, we don't talk about the organizational ability they have to have in delivering these messages because you can't tell these kids the same thing, right? They talk to each other. They know each other. It's got to be unique to each player. Um, and I know for Williams, that's something he's very much looking for uh, in his pursuit uh, of finding a program. So I do think the relationship with Underwood is massive. Like you said, he always brings it up. Just last week, our guys talked to him at, at a media day in Broward County. And once again, he did bring up Taekwon Underwood. Uh, he brought up a couple other schools in depth. Pitt, Miami, again, Texas A&M uh, was, was coming out of that uh, interview feeling a, a little bit better maybe than they thought uh, a day prior or so. So I think you can start to, again, separate some of these schools from some of the others on the list. Um, but it's also a South Florida kid, so you can never really count out Anybody that's got a head on the table, um, a lot of these kids I, I talk to, I live down here, I talk to them all the time. They want to do their own thing. And you can define that however you see fit. And I think that could lead to a whole lot of uncertainty, drama, twists and turns in, in any kind of recruitment. And and let's let's also put this out there. It also doesn't mean it's over the day he makes his verbal commitment. This is one that could very well extend all the way till national signing day, but certainly you want to be the team that he picks uh, in September, of course. Certainly do. And speaking of another SI 99 guy, let's, let's talk a little Kenny Minchie. Uh, got, got in there at number 80 on SI 99. And we talked about him last time we were on here about teams coming calling for him and, and who would maybe start to try and creep in. Well, some of those dominoes that we talked about did fall. Austin Novosad stayed at Baylor. And now it seems like Notre Dame is trying to get Kenny Minchie to come off his spot here at Pitt. Um, and Pitt really wants to, to keep him, obviously, but he has the official offer now from Notre Dame. Does that change much? And, and, and kind of what, what are you hearing in regards uh, to Kenny Minchie, Pitt, how that all is intertwining right now? It's a step for Notre Dame, no doubt. And, and look, they missed on Austin Novosad. I think they would be the first to tell you, yeah, kid – visited and, and he stuck with Baylor. Um, so they, they've been playing catch up for a lot of this class of 2023, really from the moment Dante Moore picked Oregon over Notre Dame, which was, was really the longtime favorite for his services for, for quite some time. So it was a true reshuffle in that deck. And, and right after that point, when Dante picked the ducks, we heard, okay, Notre Dame's going to turn the page. The two names to keep an eye on are Novosad and Kenny Minchie, uh, who of course we had just seen at the elite 11 really against one another uh, for several days out in Los Angeles. And at that point, it was like, okay, you got to be strategic now. Who do you go after first? How hard do you push? And at that point, Kenny hadn't been talking to anyone. He said there was no interest. Um, nobody's really trying, uh, and, and he's good. So there was a sense of that's a longer battle than maybe Novosad. If he were, were to change his mind, it would be something that would be decided a little bit sooner. So you assumed – 
Notre Dame would target him first, which is exactly how it played out. But now, as you mentioned, his decision is in. He's sticking with Baylor over Notre Dame, over AM, over Ohio State as well, which which also found a quarterback in Brock Glenn. So now it's it's really all on Kenny Minchie from the Notre Dame angle. And it's fascinating. He gets the offer. There have been conversation. I've been told he has been receptive to communicating with that offensive staff led by Tommy Reese, who's another up-and-coming recruiter, right? Uh, under 30 years old, play caller, uh, guy who played at Notre Dame, obviously. So there's there's a whole lot of buy-in from him at that program and what he wants to do with the offense now that Brian Kelly is down at LSU. So there's a lot to sell at Notre Dame, which has like the number one class in the country right now. But it's it's got a glaring hole missing that quarterback recruit. So obviously, uh, Minchie respects that. Uh, he's been interested in Notre Dame in the past. He visited up there when he was an underclassman recruit. He camped up there as well, I believe, with Tommy Reese and that staff. So there's there's been a familiarity between each party, but I'm told that there has been little to no traction about a visit. And that's really, I know we talked about this before they even offered him, that's really the moment as a Pitt fan that you say, this is where I draw the line. Does a visit get set up? Does he go up there to spend 48 hours, take an official, he's got four remaining, up to South Bend and really dig into the option of Notre Dame? So for me, until that point, there's not a whole lot of reason to worry. And obviously, this cycle has taught us that even after that point, there's still not as much reason to worry because – uh, these kids are sticking. These kids are making their decisions at quarterback and they're locking in for the most part. So I do think that's something to keep an eye on. And here's another silver lining moment if you are a Pitt fan wanting to hold on to Kenny Minchie, which all of you listening should want to hold on to him. He's very, very good. Uh, top 10 quarterback for us, by the way. They have made contact with other quarterbacks. No offers yet, but they have begun making contact with other quarterback recruits. And I think that is where you start to see, okay, Kenny is, is digging his heels in. He made his decision. We talked about it last time, Nick. Kid did not love the recruiting process, does not want to talk about it very often, which is why you've barely seen any mention of Notre Dame throughout any media outlet, whether it's a local newspaper or a national outlet like ours. So I, I do think all of those things bode well for Pitt's chances to hold on to Kenny at least as we can project it on, you know, August 11th. You know, things can change in a hurry. Notre Dame obviously has a national schedule, a ton of big games that that they could pitch uh, for him to visit with uh, and, and surround and pressure him on that. Uh, but again, you have to recruit the kid, not just the player. So I do think that Notre Dame is aware of the type of recruit Kenny is, and I think he's a bit of a less is more type of guy from a communication standpoint. So we know – that part of it is underway, and, and that's all we know at this point. And for me, that's very good news for Pitt because I think that whole schedule is out there. Uh, there's official visits remaining uh, for, for Kenny uh, and obviously for Notre Dame from their standpoint. And you would imagine after that official offer went down 10 days ago, you would have seen more traction towards a visit at this point. You know the big games, right? There's seven or eight home games. You know the biggest ones. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but, you know, does USC go to Notre Dame this year? Uh, what about Stanford? Obviously, Ohio State week one is a pretty darn big game for, for the Irish. So when you start to look at it from that standpoint, you feel better each day that goes on without that trip being set. Yeah, and you have to feel good about that 
folks. If you, Pitt wants to keep Kenny Minchie, and that's going to be the big thing uh, overall. They have to keep this guy in the fold. He's the crown jewel. And listen, I, I also think we talked about Hakeem Williams, and I do think that there could be a little bit of a connection there with Kenny Minchie trying to you know, be a linchpin to maybe bring Hakeem Williams up to Pittsburgh. So obviously trying to keep Kenny Minchie in the fold is priority number one uh, for the Pitt football staff right now in the recruiting class. But we have a road commitment, and this seems to be like the, the fourth time this cycle where Pitt's Every had time a road I'm on commitment. with you, you're like, hey, there's a commitment coming. Yeah. Who, who's it going to be? <laughs> yeah, and so we're, we're not totally sure who it is yet. And and I've even asked around, and, and I'm like, who is it? And they're like, don't know. They know. But this is like the third or fourth time this recruiting cycle that we have had rogue commitments for Pitt that have kind of gone radio silent weirdly and and who knows um Pitt still has two commitments out there so they still have one from the middle of June out there that has not announced um now I think I know who that one is but we'll talk about them when they commit um but there is a guy that Pitt's been recruiting uh, for a while came to Pitt on an official visit another South Florida kid a receiver at that in Dadron Zipperer, who is going to commit on September 24th. That is the day after Hakeem Williams commits. Um, mm. Zipperer has a few interesting teams in his resume. You have BYU in there. Um, what what about Dadron Zipperer uh, catches your eye, John? You know, he, he's an interesting and emerging wide receiver recruit. He's one that, you know, his older brother Keenan uh, was, or Keon, is a tight end at Florida. So you, you just assumed he was going to grow into that. At some point, but here he is as a rising senior. He's like six one and a half, one seventy five. Like now, this is we're gonna stick to receiver in, in this evaluation. So I do think that's almost slowed him down. It was almost a bad thing that he had a brother playing college ball because people expected him to just keep getting bigger, and then you start to assimilate towards that position, and then you see where where your options are. But it, it kind of didn't happen. But in the meantime, Zipper got really good. Uh, he's at Lakeland High School, which you know Pitt has a commitment. At that school already, uh, it is the school, I would say, this year in, in, in Central Florida that is going to have the most talent. Uh, I was watching some of Zipper's spring game stuff against Venice High School, which has multiple Power 5 DBs, and, and he torched them. Two long touchdown receptions. He just runs really well, long strider, but he could stick his foot in the ground and, and really come off of the hash with some power. Uh, I think the inward breaking routes are his best friend, posts, digs, seam routes, anything slants where he can really stick and get inside and flip leverage on a defensive back is where he wins. And we talked about the frame, six foot one and a half, 175 or so. If he does continue to grow like his brother, then he could present as more of a big physical wide receiver in addition to some of that route running polish and top end speed that he's starting to show on routine. Uh, so I do think it's one of those where you want to, you want to grab him early because he could be on the verge of a huge, huge senior season at a marquee program, meaning ESPN's going to watch them play. We're going to watch them play. Other schools are going to watch him play. Cause he's got Cormac McLean on his team, the number one DB in America, Tyler Williams, a top, five or six receiver in America on his team on the other side of the ball. So he's going to have a whole lot of opportunity to flash in front of eyeballs and brains that matter and then could communicate that. So you get the sense that you want to lock in this commitment as soon as possible because he could be one that plays his way into bigger opportunities 
at the end of this 2023 cycle. So he's fascinating. As you mentioned, some interesting teams in this recruitment. It is not a cut and paste of what you would expect from a Lakeland kid. It's not hey Florida State, um, you know, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Miami. It, it's all over the place and all over the country. And I think that's probably a good thing for Pitt because, again, when things break even, they can stand and, and hold their recent resume, their long-tenured resume at receiver up with a lot of these programs and, and much more so than a lot of these programs. And as you mentioned, the visit's already in the books. There's already familiarity there. And the date being set the day after Williams is so intriguing to me. Again, I talked about it. These kids are Floridians. They talk. They know each other. I wonder what the significance, the true significance of that date, September 24th, is relative to Akeem's September 23rd. If you're a Pitt fan, you just you got to feel like you got to get one of these two. They're very different. Um, they do come from the same state, very different battle. Uh, but I do think that you, you got to round out this receiver class with one of these two competitors because it would it would probably be one of your more banner commitments either way. Uh, don't don't think the gap between these two is as big as it seems at this point, because uh, Zipper, again, the more we see him, the more we're like, OK, we know he's not a tight end, but this kid can really go at receiver as well. Uh, and again, he's going to have everything ahead of him this fall to to play his way into the biggest options possible. It's interesting because that they do have that back-to-back date. The question is, though, and, and this is a scenario I've asked, is what if both of them commit to Pitt and Pitt goes two for two? Well, then you also have Kenny Johnson, Lamar Seymour, and Zion Fowler. Do they take five? Do they do they lose one? It's a it's a devil's advocate game, but man, Tyquan Underwood's done a really good job in that receiver room year one on the recruiting trail thus far. John. Thanks, as always, for coming on. Tell them where they could follow you, find your stuff, read it, all that great stuff. Yeah, real simple, si.com slash college, or check us out on Twitter as well, John Garcia underscore JR. Folks, as always, thanks for watching Locked on Pit. As we end it, as always, hail to Pit.